Okay, welcome to episode 8 of the podcast. Hope you've all had a good week. The trading season is starting to kick off nicely. Test cricket's wound down, only a couple of games left before it returns to England for the summer. We've had Cheltenham, the Grand National is next week. Got the Masters and you know the flat season kicks off with the New Market Guineas, uh, you know, the beginning of May. And the IPL has kicked off. And for those that, you know, followed me for long enough now know that I don't really trade 2020, but I'm giving it a real go this year. I think it's time to expand my arsenal. I mean, there's just too much money to leave on the table, especially for a tournament as significant as IPL, as it has by far the highest volume out of all the 2020 franchises. And the hours are very social. They slot right in, right around the time that I would ordinarily be trading racing. However, the flat season, like I said, hasn't kicked off just yet. There's still a month or so to go. So, um, you know, so it's perfect timing-wise for me to, you know, have a go on the, uh, yeah, on the 2020. But today I want to talk about a milestone, a personal milestone that I've hit with my trading. Not only did I have my biggest month, but it's my first five-figure month on sports trading. Five figures in profits. I ended up making... 10,000, just under 10,200 pounds to be exact. I can't remember exactly. But to put that into perspective with regards to my progress, that's how much I made in my entire first year. So I've made more money in one month than I made in my first year. And it's been a wild ride. And I mean, it's been seriously wild. And I've always seen five figures in pure profit in a month as like the holy grail. And it's eluded me for so long and I finally achieved it. It's definitely taken a lot longer than it should have, an awful lot longer than it should have, in fact. And, you know, when you consider my sports trading and my crypto trading, then yes, I've had five bigger months before. But to do it just off sports has been something I've really wanted to achieve for a long time. And in fact, I was so desperate to get that monkey off my back, so to speak. Ironically, it's that very act of wanting and being desperate that stopped me from doing it much earlier. And that's really what I want to talk about in this podcast today. You see, over the last four years or so, especially in the last two years, I've had a good handful of opportunities to get there sooner, to get to that five-figure mark. I've probably had around four months where I raced towards eight or nine thousand pounds, only for me to falter and stall or even throw profit away. I think it happened, yeah, I think it happened four times. You see, when it comes to making progress, it's not it's not always linear. Very rarely does anyone make continuous year-on-year progress. It doesn't work like that. A lot of the time when you're on a journey, whatever journey that is, you know, there are so many times where you'll go backwards before you go forwards or you'll plateau, as I did for my first three years. And if you look at my Twitter page last month, I think it was, I uploaded a screenshot of my first three years' profits that I made. And in my first year, I made around 10 grand. Second year, around seven grand, and in my third year, just over 10 grand again. And in that first year, as soon as I turned profitable, I was making month-on-month progress so quickly that my risk management just went out the window. And looking back, that's kind of what held me back for my first three years because I had the skill, I just didn't have the discipline. And I, I kind of compare it to making noob gains in the gym. You know, when you, If you've never trained before and you go to the gym for the first time, you're going to put on muscle and you're going to put on strength pretty quickly. Then you're going to plateau. 
and it's gonna you know level off then you really need to fine-tune your trading your, your your training and you need to fine-tune your diet if you want to take things to the next level and even then you know the progress is incremental and that's kind of how my trading went you know i made progress very quickly month on month and then it kind of leveled off because i was getting caught out in the bad habits which i could no longer get away with so yeah like i said i had the skill i just didn't have the discipline and you know after three years i really ingrained some bad habits which i had to undo to get to that next level but that's really what I want to, what my last podcast was about when it comes to hard work and smart work because everyone works hard, but not everyone works smart. And until I started getting structured in my routine and my risk management, my results, you know, didn't take off till then. So for most people, it's not really a question of capability because truth be told, most people are capable. However, most people, uh, you know, they, they, they lack self-awareness and they're either one of two things. One, they're not aware of what they're doing wrong. Or two, they're too lazy to do anything about it. Most people are both to some extent, but with me, it was more of a case of being in the second category. Because I've had this skill for a long time, but I've never maximized my potential because I haven't been disciplined and I had some important lessons to learn before I could progress, which I finally learned. So, as I said before, when I first turned profitable, I said to myself, you know, given how fast that I was, you know, moving forward in that first year, I said to myself, it should take me a year before I hit five figures a month. You know, I always viewed five figures as like the holy grail of money making. That's when people really see you as successful. And that's when you're in a position of power and influence and people are going to take your job seriously if you can make five figures a month. So I really put this arbitrary figure on such a pedestal and it's what, and it eluded me for so long. And I remember the first time I got within touching distance of getting there. And this was a couple of years ago now, I think. And I was around eight grand up. I was having a really good month. And I had so much momentum. And I had about 10 days left of the calendar month to get there. So I figured, okay, 200 pounds a day from here. It's the flat season. There's plenty of opportunity coming up. No days off. You should see this home. And... I remember this month very clearly because not only was I on track to make five figures, but it was the first time I'd ever made over six grand, which was my previous best, and I had 10 days to spare. So what did I go and do? Well, within the first few days, I didn't make any money, not a penny. There was a lot of scratch trades. Things didn't go my way. I couldn't read the, uh, the markets properly, and it was just a dry patch. But after those first three days, you know, we were now in the final week. So the seven days left, the average has gone up. I have to make 300 pounds a day now and the pressure's on. And you can probably guess what happened next. I started over trading. I started over staking and making all the classic errors, which I knew I shouldn't be making. And I ended the month around 7,000 or 7,500 up, which was a great month by any stretch. You know, I hit a new personal best, but I was disappointed. I was disappointed because I didn't hit. Uh, I didn't hit that that mythical five figure, which I put on such a pedestal. So, because I was so set, I was so orientated on getting there. I didn't look back and look at any of the positives. The fact that I hit a new personal record, the fact that I traded so well, 
I was just dwelling on the negatives. And this happened once or twice again. The second one happened, I think, January last year, where I did something very similar. But the most significant occasion was the third time it happened. And I think this was, yeah, again, this was last year. I think it was March, ironically, because March is usually a big month for me. And that time I was in a similar situation. Again, it was around the 20th day of the month. Something about that day. Something about the 20th day of the month. So again, I had around 10 days left. And this time, same again, I was 8,000 pounds up or so. And I was working out what I needed to average to hit five figures, blah, blah, blah. But this time, I actually crossed 10 grand. I remember there was just one great trade I made on the cricket and in the final weekend, there was great racing on, which I took advantage of. Um, there was a lot of cricket on that month. So, you know, I stacked a lot of profits. And I didn't really give Cheltenham as much attention as I should have because I was doing so well on the cricket. I didn't want to, didn't want to, you know, spread myself too thin. So, yeah, I was doing well on the cricket and made some neat trades on the weekend racing. And I actually managed to nudge my profits past the £10,000 mark. But this time, so now you think, I finally got to that £10,000 mark. This time you're going to think, you're thinking, you know what? Yeah, you'll leave it there, celebrate, tweet about it, whatever. No, (laughs) I wasn't satisfied because I still had days left in the month. And there were still some decent opportunities lying around. Um, So instead, I said to myself, you know what? Let's do one better. Let's see how close we can get to 15K or even get past that. So once again, I found myself in that situation as I did before when I was chasing 10 grand. Started getting carried away, started overtrading, overstaking, risk management went out the window, and I ended the month around eight or nine thousand pounds up. So again, I ended up throwing at least a grand away. But th- this was an interesting month because ordinarily, instead of responding to the situation like I did before, the last couple of times. This time I said to myself, okay, you did get carried away into the month. You did lose discipline. You did overtrade. Those are the negatives. But you did so much well. In previous previous months, I'd never looked uh, at the positive things that I did. I've never looked back and taken away the positives, which far outweigh the negatives. Because last last March, I did trade brilliantly. Up until then, I managed my risk properly. I scaled up my positions when I could. I cut losses early. I was patient. I let the opportunities come to me. Now, I know there's a fine line between being too self-congratulatory and showing genuine acknowledgement for doing the right things. As, you know, I did do a lot of things right, and it's important that that I acknowledge that and give myself credit for that. But it took me that third attempt to realize that things started going wrong when I got greedy and I didn't manage my expectations. At the start of all three of those months, I never set out to go and make five figures. But as soon as I realized it was within reach, suddenly my approach totally changed. I threw my principles out the window and started making errors that should have easily been avoided. The irony is that had I not got carried away with my expectations and had I not started worrying about hitting that £10,000 mark, it would have just happened. It would have happened. But back to what I said earlier about plateaus or going backwards before you go forwards. Whenever you find yourself in that sort of situation, 
what you must understand is that before you finally break that plateau or that bad period, there's an important lesson which you still have to learn. And until you learn from it, you're not going to move forward and you're doomed to repeating that same experience over and over again as I did. And that's why it took me four times to finally cross that five-figure hurdle. The first three times I stumbled, I choked, uh, I got carried away, I put pressure on myself, I started placing trades that I shouldn't have done and I just wasn't aware of what I was doing wrong. But the last time I did it, I stepped back and I said, okay, this is what you did right to get to the 8,000, 9,000 pound mark and this is what you did wrong. This is how your mentality and your approach changed when you hit that mark. Because up to the 8,000, 9,000 pound mark, I wasn't thinking about the 10 grand. I was just taking advantage of the opportunities. It wasn't until I started dwelling on 10 grand. I was like, okay, now it's within reach. That's when I started messing things up for myself. When I really, so when I really stepped away from myself and analyzed myself and realized, okay, well, this is what you're doing. As soon as you're running hot, you start getting carried away. You start throwing your principles out the window. And in other words, you just I just end up getting in the way of myself. I end up becoming my own worst enemy. So I said to myself last March, the next time this happens, the next time I find myself in a situation where I can break five figures, I don't care if I'm on 9,999 pounds, 99 pence, I'm going to stick to the very principles that have served me until now. Even if I'm one penny away and I've got five days left, if I hit a dry patch and I can't spot any trades, that's it. I'm, I'm happy. It's been a great month. There's no need to throw it away. So it was quite a while before I found myself in that sort of situation again. And it's taken one whole year. Uh, but this March, as you know, March is usually a big month that kickstarts the season for me. I had my race calendar, my cricket calendar. I projected what ballpark figure I should expect to make and so forth. So... I was expecting a good month, but this time, again, I started hot pretty quickly. In fact, this is the the fastest start I've had to a month, I think. I hit the ground running very quickly. I made around 1.7 thousand in the first week. Uh, a bit of weekend racing and a bit of cricket. But in the second week, I made around four and a half grand. And that week, I think it was the first game in the Pakistan-Australia Test Series. The pitch was a was absolutely dead. Honestly, it was offering nothing to the spinners. It was just, you know, batsman's bank paradise. It was so dead. Literally, every time a wicket fell, it couldn't budge the draw price more than a few ticks at a time. It was just a literal one-way train for five days from four to one down to one point zero one, and I made around three and a half k off that one match that week. And I only probably watched one or two sessions. My only regret is not even going bigger on it. But the next game was the West Indies-England game where, again, it was another flat pitch. So not much action. And I just backed the draw and made another one and a half grand or so, 1.4K. So I was about five grand up. And then I gave a bit back on the weekend racing. Got a bit carried away again, overtraded. My brain was already fried from looking at screens all week. And I should have used that time to relax, recoup, regroup. But uh, yeah, I made that mistake of getting greedy again and I gave back around 500 quid or so on the racing. So just an inexcusable weekend, really poor. And I never really usually lose on weekend racing. But like I said, I was over trading. So four and a half K up that week, a very good week. But 
after those first two weeks, after that one point seven thousand pound first week, that four point five thousand pound second week, now I was in that situation again that I found myself in three, four times before, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, it's gonna be one of those months again," <laughs> because on Test cricket, I averaged probably just shy of just shy of a thousand pounds per match, and that's based off the last twenty or so matches I've traded. So I was already around six k up after two weeks um and i've got another five or so matches to go and i've got cheltenham so this could be that kind of month again where i'll get another shot at cracking five figures so cheltenham goes by in the whatever it was the second second or third week or much i think it was third week cheltenham goes by and that took up pretty much all my time and energy that week and i projected i would make around two grand pre-race um what i've started doing this year actually i've actually made a race calendar so every key event i've projected what i'm going to make and i and i underestimate them just to take the pressure on myself but i said to myself two grand pre-race on cheltenham should you know is very doable um and i can honestly say you know i traded uh very disciplined throughout the festival and I ended up making around 2,400 pounds pre-race, but I lost six hundred in play. So I ended the tournament one point eight k up. And to be honest, I wasn't too beat up about it, about losing the money in play. As it were really good trades, horses either fell or they got pipped in the final furlong. One of the horses, I think it was a Willie Mullins runner, fell at the final hurdle. So that was a one point zero one gubbing, and that was on St Patrick's Day. First race of the day, threw all my profit on that race. That really pissed me off. But <laughs> like I said, when things don't go your way, you just got to chalk it up to the game. You keep backing value and you'll be all right in the long run. And I wasn't going to let that spoil my plans and start chasing because then I'd be in trouble. So yeah, 1.8 thousand and some cricket profits. Um, so yeah, that was another two and a half grand week or so. So at this point, after three weeks, I was eight and a half K up with 10 days left. Something like that, 10, 10 days or whatever it was. So, yeah, here we go again. Same situation as I found myself in before. But this time, I'd learned my lesson. I've worn these clothes before. I know how they fit. And I said to myself, look, if this is it, if you hit a dry run this week, lower your stakes or don't trade. It's been a great month. Take some time off and enjoy. Go and spend that money instead of giving it back to the market. <laughs> so three great weeks in the bank only needed to average a hundred pound or so for the next 10 days. And what happens? Yep, you can probably guess. I hit a dry patch. But this time, this time I didn't lose control. I think it was the Pakistan Australia test, I think it was. And I was around 500 quid up or whatever it was during that game. But what happened was Australia declared pretty early on day four. And it literally was out of the blue. I did not expect it because it was a dead pitch. I did not expect them to declare towards, the uh, you know, around tea time on day four. There was a couple of hours left in the day. And the Pakistan price crashed from like 40 to one all the way to seven to one. And I've never seen that happen before. I've never seen such a big move after a declaration because the market usually anticipates a move like that. The market usually anticipates when the captain of, you know, one team is going to is going to declare. 
Um, and given the fact that the previous two matches ended in a draw in that series, uh, you know, I didn't expect uh, Pat Cummins to see anything in the pitch, but it turned out to be a master, a master stroke in the end, as they did manage to bowl out Pakistan. It was a lot of reverse swing on the fifth day, and Pakistan are also partial to the odd collapse, but I just didn't see that happening. So, yeah, that cost me pretty much all my profit on that day, uh, on that match story. So I threw £500 profit. It was it was a scratch game. I didn't make anything off it. Um, it was just bad anticipation. So, yeah, you know, I took the L. I didn't get carried away. I didn't go into tilt. I didn't start chasing. And there wasn't really any significant racing on. So it was really just a game of patience and waiting for that opportunity to strike. Um, so yeah, this is in the final 10 days and now there's now they say that match was, of course, a test match is five days. So now there's only a few days left of the month and the IPL has started. And like I said, IPL is something new for me to trade. Uh, you know, I've, I've watched many games before, but I don't dedicate myself fully to trading 2020, but as I said, it slots into my schedule pretty perfectly this year. And I don't usually like to trade the first couple games. I just like to feel out the tournament before I dive in. But on the second or third day, I think it was, it was a really batting-friendly pitch and the batting team put up a solid innings and the price was just way too short for such a chaseable total. So I thought, this has got to be a great lay opportunity. Ticks all the boxes, and even if they lose a couple early wickets, I'll jump back in. So I laid the odds. I think it was around 1.2 for half a stake. Boom. Opening batsman. Let loose. Remove the liability. Wicket falls. Jump back in. Boom. Top and middle order. Go out. Guns blazing. They chase down the score and I make one grand off that game. And now I'm only 200 pounds away. <laughs> 200 pounds away from 10 grand. Next day. Boom. Again, another golden opportunity to back the chasing team. £600 profit. And I finally crossed that 10k mark and I stay above it. <laughs> now, you know, I always imagined that there'd be this euphoric feeling that comes with finally checking off one of your big goals. I mean, I'd already hit it before, like I said, the last time that I messed up when I crossed 10k and then ended up going backwards. But to end the month officially above. £10,000, uh, you know, it, it didn't feel all that. You know, it, in reality, it's, it's not like winning the jackpot, you know, for, for ten grand out the blue where you get that buzz. But when you're so invested in the process, it just feels like a product of the hard work and consistency that you've been putting in for so long. Don't get me wrong. It, it was a great moment and it's a great milestone that I've achieved for myself. But most importantly, whether I got past 10 k or not, whether I got past 10k or whether I was stuck on eight and a half thousand before that late rally, the most important thing for me was how I handled myself in the situation this time. The last time I got myself in that position, uh, that position, I fumbled it, I threw it away. I either threw profit away or I got past it, got greedy, and fell backwards. So the only difference this time was my attitude. The money didn't matter. But it did matter, so to speak. It's kind of paradoxical. I didn't allow the situation to compromise on my principles 
I stuck to my guns. I stuck to my game plan and just did what works. I didn't get greedy. I didn't go chasing. I let the markets come to me. And it did just at the right time. And I took advantage of it. But if it didn't come to me when I was on eight and a half grand, if the markets didn't come to me and I didn't spot an opportunity, no big deal. If it's not meant to be, if I'm not meant to make five figures this calendar month, then it's not meant to be. And it's no problem because there are so many positives to take away. Why dwell on something outside of my control? This is a game of patience and you can't force or manipulate the markets to come to you. You just have to wait for your chance and be ready to pounce when it comes. So the next time I find myself in those sort of situations, I'll be able to control my emotions. We all slip sometimes. We're still human and we still have emotions. It's part of the game. But whenever you find yourself in a new situation, that's a chance for you to learn an important lesson. And in this instance, it took me four tries It didn't have to be that way, but often we sabotage ourselves. We get in our own way. We become our own worst enemy. And that's especially the case with trading because you've got nobody to blame. No one's doing anything to you. No one's stopping you or forcing you to take positions you shouldn't be. We do it to ourselves. So whenever you get into an uncomfortable situation, always remember and stick to the principles that got you to where you are the numbers will take care of themselves and you have to play the long game so yes whilst I did hit a personal goal of hitting five figures in a calendar month it's the long game that matters ultimately and when I do find myself in certain situations again I won't get excited I won't get carried away I won't let the pressure get to me and I'll be composed and with time as my trading matures and I increase my staking as a product of that I'll naturally hit new PRs, whether that means making 20 grand in a month or having a five-figure week or five-figure day. But I won't go looking for them. I won't go chasing them. I won't go putting on a pedestal because that's when it eludes you and that's when you start chasing it. I'll just be present and focused on my execution and let the results take care of themselves. I did say this was going to be a big year and we're off to a good start. So... So yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good going forward. I'm feeling optimistic uh, about this season. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can get a, a few more months like like this month, uh, this summer. But anyway, that's my two cents on on how I approach things and you know how I think everyone should approach things. But, you know, I, I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you guys think. Don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, and I'll see you soon.